going on? It is the Ethos Clippers podcast coming at you here on Sunday evening after the Los Angeles Clippers fall to the Minnesota Timberwolves in a game that you hoped the Clippers could try and steal. But then the news came out that Zoo was a late scratch. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know how we feel about Zoo. And you probably knew how we felt the chances were without Zoo. But we'll talk more about that. But before we do, Brandon Marcus, your host, host joined by my co-host, Matt, Matt Warren, back on the Ethos Clippers podcast after a brief hiatus. Matt, how are you, my friend? Oh, yes. Sports Ethos Clipper Nation. Brandon Marcus, how the heck are you? I'm doing great. I'm not discouraged by this loss. I loved the last episode you had with is it Justin. Is the other Justin? No, of course I know it's Shane Young. Shane, I love you. I'm so sorry that I got it wrong many, many moons ago. Shane Young is the best at Young NBA. You guys had a great episode, and I'm very happy and very anxious to have a great episode right now. And he even tried to do the best Matt Matt Warren when I introduced him. So he even tried to pull off a Matt, which I thought was a nice homage to you. I, I gotta say, it's it's. It means the world to me. He's the best. You're the best. We're the best. Clippers are the best. We lost to the best in the West tonight. Mm. And let's talk about it. Well done. Well, look at that. How far you have come, my friend, from that opening episode to that, those words that you just put together. Delightful, beautiful. We have a lot to get to in this episode. Before we actually get to the Timberwolves game, um, we do want to thank everybody who has rated and reviewed the podcast. We have a new review on the podcast, and so want to shout that out as well, because we have said that if you review the podcast, we will read it on air, and so we did get a new review, and so I'm going to listen, I'm going to read it out from Andrew, who said, love listening to you guys, because it's like hanging out with your buddies, expert analysis and easygoing attitudes, which is the polar opposite of your average weird and abrasive Russ Stan. No one else, no one is ripping on Russ, you embarrassing dolts. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Um, thank you very much, Andrew. And we'll talk about Russ in this episode. Um, and before we get to the game, we have another big announcement. We are very happy to announce that this Sports Ethos Clippers podcast is partnering partnering with the Believe Podcast Network. So we are now a part of the Believe Podcast Network. So you'll be hearing Matt and I through them. And maybe in the future we'll get some video stuff as well. So we're honored and thrilled that they have chosen to bring us aboard. That shows you how much our podcast has grown and how many of you are listening and rating and reviewing. So a big welcome to Believe Podcast. And uh, we're excited for it, Matt. Thrilled, thrilled to have Andrew rating the podcast. Thrilled to have everybody listening. Please do rate and review. It means the world to us. Yes, we'll read it. And yes, we are just so thrilled to be on the Believe Network now. Um, I, Like you said, uh, a year and a half ago when I jumped on, did the podcast by myself. There were about 15 to 30 second pauses between sentences to where we are now, to you guys sticking with me, to us sticking with the Clippers. It all just kind of makes sense. And I'm thrilled. I know you are, and uh, what a season, and and what a life, and what a year. How about it? So that's out of the way. We've announced, made our big announcement. We've uh, talked about rating review the podcast, so now let's talk some Clippers basketball. Uh, so let's start with Zoo. Before we even get to the game itself, um, I said it in the open. When I saw that Zoo was going to be a scratch, 
I thought the Clippers were doomed because A, we know how important he is to the Clippers. B, we know how important he is to the Clippers against a big like Gobert and another big like Towns. So to lose him for a game against those two dudes, I thought was going to be major trouble. And the Clippers looked really bad to start. Um, an update on Zoo. Uh, it is the calf injury that apparently was bothering him last year. And Ty Lue mentioned post-game that the Clippers do have four days off between that game on Tuesday against OKC and then the following game. So with that being said, it's very possible that we don't see Zoo play in that game against OKC. And what a bummer, man, um, to have the Clippers get on this huge roll to face two teams in Minnesota and OKC. You thought if you could beat both those teams, all of a sudden – you and I made that. Uh, you and I had that conversation about the one seed and how possible that was. It really does become a strong possibility, and you lose to Minnesota, and now you're going to be without Zoo against Chet Holmgren on Tuesday against OKC. A big blow. Hopefully, it's minor because you and I have already talked about Matt how important he is to this team. So important, and he he didn't look dejected on the bench. I mean, they were even making fun of him bones. Uh, PJ and a couple others were making fun of Gobert as he was taking a free throw. So it didn't it didn't seem as if Zoo was sort of just woe well, is me. He was in good spirits. So just that leads me to believe that he's going to be okay. It it, it did come down to the wire. Brian Seaman and the Czar were saying that, you know, they actually got the nod that he was going to play last minute. They crossed him off. And even if even if Zoo misses another one. You know, it sucks because of the opponents. You really want to see full strength against Minnesota, against OKC, people you could see in the Western Conference Finals should it come to that point. But get the guy healthy because we do know how important he is, and it gives opportunities for Plumlee to get back in the mix. Um, so there there are some silver linings, but of course you just want Zoo to be 100% healthy and, and the whole squad uh, for that matter. And you're right, when you saw that he was going to be out, there are the Twin Towers in Minnesota. There's also Jalen McDaniels. Is it Jaden or Jalen? There's the McDaniels brother who's long, lengthy, great defensive prowess. There's there's Slomo who came in. There's Nas Reed. So Zoo is going to be very important, especially come playoff time towards opponents like this. I'm I'm not so upset that he's sitting. Get him healthy. No reason to risk it. The Clippers only lost by four anyway. It was a valiant effort and. There are no moral victories, I know they say, but this is not the worst loss that, that you can imagine. Yeah, and a calf is not something you want to mess around with. And uh -uh. you and I have talked about how when a guy's hurt, like if he's hurt, listen, sit him out. At this point, with the way the Clippers have been playing, you don't want to risk a long-term injury. Like you've lost Kawhi, you've lost PG for a short amount of time. If you lose Zoo for a couple of games, like it sucks, but so be it. You're still on a nice um, hot roll or hot roll, hot stretch. Um, you're sitting fourth place right now in the Western Conference. Like, get everybody healthy. What really matters is you get that top four, top four spots. You have home court in the first round. And then we'll kind of go from there. And it, it really just means have a healthy team and you'll be okay. And a calf can always turn into an Achilles. So you do not want to have that be a factor down the line because an Achilles injury, season over. So if it's a calf that's bothering him, it's clearly minor if he was supposed to uh, possibly go. He was listed as questionable, and then he was listed as a starter. So it gives you some optimism that with a little bit of rest against OKC, and then maybe he comes back the following game, you should be okay. But not something you want to bring um, into a long-term fold. But you bring up a good point, Matt, that 
this gives you a chance to kind of reincorporate Plumley because the Clippers have not really been doing that. He's seen a couple of minutes here and there sparingly when um, the Clippers have had blowouts. But Plumlee got a chance to play 16 minutes tonight, and he had eight points. He had three rebounds in 16 minutes and four or five from the field. And Tice got a major role compared to what he's used to. He played 22 minutes. Um, I mean, he didn't really contribute much, which is a bit of a bummer. And when he's not contributing and you have Harden shooting as poorly as he did, PG shooting as poorly as he did, team man giving you nothing offensively, if you would have showed me those numbers, Matt, the team man numbers, the Tice numbers as a starter, the PG and Harden numbers, I would have said the Clippers would have gotten their asses kicked. Like I, I would have thought they would have gotten absolutely destroyed. But of course, our old friend Norm um, has a fantastic evening. And you really look at the numbers, Matt. It's unbelievable how much the Clippers got ran out of the building when you look at the numbers. 57% for Minnesota, 43%. For the Clippers, and the Clippers got out-rebounded 41-34. to It's just that Minnesota committed more turnovers, and for the Clippers to go down by 17 and to come back and only lose by four and to be within a one possession with just over a minute to play tells you this team continues to show that it won't quit, and it shows you that with Zoo, I think this team could easily beat Minnesota. I think that's what I gather from this game. So I was looking at this game, and I, I agree with you. You look, you look at the numbers, and you would say, oh, my God, they got their ass kicked. And I'll, I'll tell you what. You look at the game with your eyeballs, it looks like they got their asses kicked. It didn't. It wasn't pretty. I mean, yes, of course there were some runs and there was some comeback. I mean, I, I can't tell you how good Westbrook was in this game. He was the spark plug. He kept he kept him in, and him and Powell, as you mentioned, but but to the bigger point of beating Minnesota in a series, I was saying this is going to be a hell of a series if they meet in the playoffs. But with Zoo healthy, with everybody 100% healthy, the Clippers will beat the Timberwolves in a seven-game series. There's no doubt in my mind either because every th- Minnesota threw everything at them. Towns was hot in the first quarter. Then Go- Gobert got going. Uh, I mean, and and. And Edwards didn't have his best game, admittedly, but then he got going at 33 points. He was 10 of 16, and that only came he came on late. Slow-mo, slow-mo had some moments. Um, you know, Conley was two of seven, whatever, but Conley's gonna be two of seven. Nas Reed was hitting was hitting threes. Nas three, as I was calling him to myself as I was alone in my living room. But at the eye test, the numbers, everything looked like we were getting our asses kicked, and we lost by four points. And the Clippers could have won this game at at, at just there's several junctures. So, there, like I said, no moral wins, but this is a positive in my book. This is a positive check mark in the Clippers' um, notebook when, it, especially when it comes to the postseason. So I agree with you there. And Plumley, you know, he committed four fouls, but who didn't? Right, everybody had three or four fouls. It looks like, but he looked good. He's just he's he's bigger than than Tice. He's a, he, he was a presence on the floor. Um, he had a couple of moments where he where he handled the ball point plumly. You know he didn't play all that much, but it's just nice to see that versatility and 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 him back on the floor. You got to be kind of encouraged, even though it's the loss. It's hard to be encouraged by loss, but everybody shot poorly. It's like that Lakers game. You're 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 gonna have cold nights, especially in Minnesota. You're gonna have cold nights, but. I'm not discouraged. I'm a, as much as you can be encouraged by a loss. I am. 
Yeah, and the Clippers chose to go after Gobert a bunch. I mean, he had four block shots, and then they decided to hack a Gobert, and it worked. I mean, he was 7 of 14 from the free throw line. And some numbers that really caught my eye um, from this game. And Justin Russo, who we always chat about, at Fly By Night on Twitter, um, K-N-I-T-E. So with the Clippers having a center on the floor, they got outscored by four points in 37 minutes with a big man. So that's Tyson Plumley. When they decided to go small, which you and I have talked about we do not like because it takes Zoo off the floor, and the Clippers don't have the guys like Batum and Marcus Morris and Robert Covington that they had last year, but this they went to it today, tonight rather, they played to a stalemate with Minnesota. 33-33 in the 10 minutes and 43 seconds when L.A. did not have a center on the floor. And no surprise there, given that we have seen the Clippers in a sample size against Gobert in the past when he was on Utah, have success going small when Rudy Gobert is on the floor. So not a whole lot of success there. And it kind of shows you that Minnesota could be a matchup that you could go small if you need to chase and you need to get points in a hurry and you need to come back. So that's certainly something that you can keep an eye on um, going forward if the Clippers do meet Minnesota in a playoff down the road. But to only be to be outscored by four with a big man out there, frankly, is not that bad in my opinion, given that it's Towns and Gobert against Tyson Plumley. I mean, that is a massive advantage in Minnesota's favor. So I thought that was really interesting that the Clippers decided to break out small ball and it worked. But I also found it interesting the Clippers didn't play that poorly with a big man on the floor, numbers wise. Um, and Minnesota has the vastly uh, more impressive bigs, Matt. And it was it was that thing we always talk about where it's fight till the end, right? Fourth quarter, you the the stick to itiveness. Clippers didn't give up. I mean, no nobody nobody hang, hung their heads. Nobody gave up. the The first quarter was, it could have been worse than it was, right? It was twenty nine nineteen. The Clippers got outscored. And let's let's also point out, and I'm glad you brought that up really quick, is, is that the Clippers probably found out last second they weren't playing without a center. So I'm sure that just completely threw everything out of whack when all of a sudden Tice is starting and you script plays, and this is not what you practice. So. Not surprised that they got outscored by 10 in the first quarter. Well, you make a good point um, because uh, Mike Fratelli even said, he was like, you know, the Clippers don't look like themselves right now. And that was in the first quarter. It's like, of course they don't because they're not themselves. They didn't yeah. have Zoo and they weren't expect, or they were expecting Zoo to play. So it makes sense that things got off to such a rocky start. Um, and then just like, like I said, the, the shooting was off. The, the T-Wolves, I believe, have the number one defense in the league. So you you have this showing against them a- after you're coming off beating um, a, a young scrappy team like or a long team like the Pelicans. You beat the Nuggets. You you've done all this stuff. I I don't think that this is a detriment to to the Clippers. I mean, of course it's a loss. You never want one of those. But I'm gonna, I'm going to keep saying it. I'm not I'm not discouraged by this whatsoever and as far as the two bigs are concerned you know the twin towers on the t-wolves i they're two they're carl anthony towns has always been one of my favorite players just personally and i think it's because i just adopted him early as a, as a fantasy player when when he was just you know a top three pick but i i, I fear no sons and i fear no t-wolves they're, they're on my list of, of fear no teams i think the Clippers can beat these guys. And I, I really do believe that. Yeah, I think so too. And, and it's certainly positive the what the Clippers have shown. And then you also got to mention that 
um, the Clippers without Zoo during the Leonard George era, according to Justin, are now 0-4. That is with Leonard and George both playing. They are 0-4 when both Kawhi and PG are healthy and Zoo does not. So it's a very small sample size, but it does show you that how important Zoo is to this team. That without him, sure, Kawhi and PG are great, but they're, a big man does a lot. And most importantly, a big man helps out defensively. And then secondly, a big man's getting you offensive rebounds. A big man is setting screens. A big man is pick and rolling with James Harden. I mean, not the same success, Daniel Tice and James Harden, as Zoo and James Harden. I mean, how many easy looks does Zoo get a game from James Harden? How many assists does James Harden get a game to Zoo? And tonight, Tice had one basket. Like, big difference between the two. So not having Zoo just completely changes this team. And despite all that, they still only lost by four. And you talk about, you know, Tice, one, one of his biggest attributes as a big man is that he can stretch the floor. But when you can have Carl Anthony Towns, you know, come out on him when he stretches the floor and still have Gobert manning the middle, it's a different animal when you have the twin towers like that. So it's not exactly that version of his game where he did hit a three tonight, but that it doesn't necessarily uh, have as much impact as it normally would. Yeah. And the Clippers, by the way, were minus 15 in the 31 minutes and 40 seconds that Kawhi and PG were on the floor together. So when Kawhi and PG played together, the Clippers were outscored by 15 points in 31 minutes and 40 seconds. It's the worst mark of the season. So a big thanks to Justin for those notes. And listen, this doesn't happen very often. I mean, the Clippers, you and I have talked about that. Normally, you're going to see a good shooting night from these dudes because they help each other out. And PG has been a flamethrower recently and has been spectacular. And you're not going to see many nights where he starts off the way he did, where he makes one of his first 10 shots and he finishes 5 of 19. And he's with T-Man, who's just one of two. And Kawhi Leonard is 9 of 19. That's under 50%. And you have Harden, who had a really bad offensive game. He was just 4 of 14, only went to the free throw line five times, and he turned the ball over four times. Like, just not a good game from anybody outside of Westbrook and Powell. And those two guys really saved the Clippers and gave them a chance to win this game. And when your starters don't play that well, you expect to get crushed. And that wasn't the case in this game. So the moral of the story, everything that Matt and I are talking about, is that way more encouraged then I am discouraged with a loss like this because we know how important Zoo is and with how poorly your big three played and with the other guys like Powell and Westbrook that we know can step up on a nightly basis gives you a lot of hope going forward with this team. And it really just confirms what we've seen with this team over the last couple of months that this team is for real. And one more shout out to our guy, Andrew Sass, who gave us the, uh, the awesome review that we read at the beginning of the show. Westbrook, I got to say it again. He was awesome. Look, 12, 13, and 8. Yeah. Uh, he had two threes. He was four or five from the line. And what he really, and, and he had some, some, he had two steals, but he had probably almost five, right? He had some deflections that just went out of bounds, or he was everywhere. He was in the lane. He was reading, reading people's eyes. He was reading passes. So he was great today. And it, it, it does go to show that he is going to be such an integral part of this team, not just as an offensive spark plug or just a spark plug in general or the governor of vibes, which of, which of course he is, but defensively he can still bring it to him. And, and he got 13 dimes for goodness sake. So pretty, pretty impressive and pretty encouraging on that front too. Yeah, no doubt. So 
not a whole lot else to really discuss from this game. I mean, PG, not going to have poor nights like this. Um, Harden just... I think it didn't help at all to have uh, Zoo out. I think that he and Zoo have developed such a good chemistry, and I think that's a positive, that it just shows oh. you how much he really relies on Zoo, which is fine. I mean, because as much as we've discussed how the Clippers aren't going anywhere without PG, Kawhi, and Harden, like all healthy, they're not going anywhere if Zoo's hurt either. I mean, we know Zoo's important to this team. So it's, it's the big three at a bad night. And just like the Laker game, the Clippers only lost by three to the Lakers, despite how poorly they shot, under 40%. And here you only lose by four to the Timberwolves, despite how poorly you played. You're down by 17. So the one thing that you can really look at, amongst many others, is that when the Clippers are losing and they're playing poorly, they're still only losing by three or four points, which is great. The stick to and the, the will to play to the end. Um, I have a question, Brandon. Do you think that there's something that I, I may have done perhaps in my twenties or in a, in a, in a previous life, because I have Paul George on my fantasy team and to, for him to shoot five of 19, hmm. do you think that I had something to do with that? Like just be so that I would lose my fantasy uh, matchup. Cause I'm losing field goal percentage now by eh, just a slight percentage. I, I kind of feel responsible. Clipper nation. I'm ethos Clipper nation. I'm so sorry if at all, that's my fault that the, the fantasy gods came down upon me and then by osmosis, Paul George and made him shoot five of 19. I feel fairly res- responsible for that. I understand. It's a very understandable feeling because I barely won field goal percentage. And that was with James Harden going four of 14 on my team um, and Kawhi going nine of 19, which, and I shot 50% for the week. So both those guys hurt my field goal percentage. Um, today, along with Terry Rozier and his 8 of 23 performance. So uh, I also understand and I feel responsible, but it's not, guess what? It's not our fault. It's not our fault. Um, I do want to talk a little bit more about, um, I'll tell you a bit more about this game. And also we got to talk about Kawhi's extension and we'll do so after this break. Okay, so I think the moral of the story from this game is that we are very encouraged from what we saw from the Clippers. And it's a bummer that they lost. It's a bummer they're going to be without Zoo probably against OKC. But Russ's performance, Norm's performance, it just validates what we've seen from them this whole season, that Russ is a willing contributor off the bench. And he knows when he needs to perform. And Norm has just been outstanding. And you just chalk it up to a bad loss with uh, your big three. And I think it's that simple, right? Absolutely correct. It's... It's it, like I said, there's there's no good loss, but yeah. if 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 there's anything close to it, this is it because no zoo, get him healthy. He's he's part of the he's part of the big the big four now, and we're gonna need him during the playoffs. So you you have to be encouraged by the way that the Clippers just played until the very last second of this game, quarter through quarter, first quarter they got killed. Second quarter, they came back. Then, then it was a bloodbath in the third. We almost had them in a bloodbath in the fourth. So, look, it you have to be encouraged by it. And this also comes one game after PG was 12 of 18, 7 of 10 from three-point range, and Kawhi was 10 of 16. So those two guys combined for 59 points with PG having 37 of them, and they beat the living you-know-what out of Memphis, a team that they needed to destroy because they didn't have Desmond Bain for the full game because he got hurt. 
um, and he could be out for the rest of the season, which sucks for him. John Morant and my fantasy team. Um, John Morant is was out in that game, so they took care of business against a shorthand Grizzlies team. And the game before that, they beat a really tough Raptors team who is pretty good. I mean, after they made that trade, R.J. Barrett was fantastic. Emmanuel Quickly has been great for them. And then, of course, Scotty Barnes is awesome. They've got a really good team. They didn't have Jakob Pertl, but a good team that gave the Lakers a run for their money and would have probably beaten the Lakers if it wasn't for the free throw discrepancy. But to win that game and to win it by six was great. And they did it on the day that the Clippers announced that Kawhi Leonard has signed an extension. So let's go there. Um, I texted you right when it happened. And I said I was a little bit concerned that they did it during the season. And it's not because of actual basketball reasons. It's more of me being a skeptic at times that, of course, you're going to pay the guy. And then it's the most Clippers thing ever if the guy gets hurt after he gets paid. Like, we've seen that before. Kawhi's gotten paid before and then gotten hurt. But it's really just about timing. But take that aside. Real basketball stuff, amazing for the Clippers. That you lock in Paul, you lock in Kawhi Leonard. You do so at the non-max. I think the max they could have given him, um, from what I heard, was around four years, two thirty. And if that's the case, the Clippers really saved themselves some money and gave them a chance to stay under that second apron, possibly when they re-sign James Harden, re-sign Paul George. So all around, Clippers fans have to be absolutely thrilled that they'll head to the Intuit Dome with a guy in Kawhi Leonard. That listen, it sucks that he gets hurt a lot. But you don't have many top 10 players that grow on trees. And the Clippers have one locked up for another three years. So good on the Clippers. Excited as a Clipper fan and just hoping that everyone can stay healthy. That's that's my biggest thing. It's just I hope everyone can stay healthy, Matt. We always hope everybody can stay, stay healthy. And yeah, not not to mention having a guy who will who wants to play and maybe even finish out his career with the Clippers. We don't know how long Kawhi is going to play for. He's, what, 32 now? Three years will be 35, and you never know what Kawhi is going to do. You're talking about the timing. Look, yeah, of course, as a skeptical skeptical Clippers fan, once you texted me that, I was like, oh, my gosh, of course he's going to, like, rob a bank or get in a car accident or whatever's going to happen after this. But then I got an email that said, Intuit Ticket's now on sale. It's like, oh, that's the timing Mm -hmm. of uh, signing Kawhi. So it's really a business decision. I have no... I have no doubt that Balmer gave a little nudge, nudge to uh, Uncle Dennis and Kawhi and all the guys like, look, sign for a little bit less. And, uh, you know, I'm making a billion dollars off Microsoft just by investing. So we'll be OK. Yeah. Having said that, I am so happy that Kawhi is a Clipper for hope, maybe the rest of his career. And this is only going to lead to Paul George's extension, like you said. This is only going to lead to signing James Harden, which you to- if had had you told me that five, four, three, two months ago, I would have been like, "What? That's terrible." Now I'm all for it. Uh, this is a great thing leading into next season into the Intuit Dome, but it's also a good thing to sort of get all this stuff settled now. Keep this positive momentum going, despite the close loss tonight and just have the Clippers sort of just as, as an, as again, as an established franchise now that has its core old as they may be moving forward. I'm very happy for it. And like you said, that he didn't sign for the, for the full max 
that it is only three years, that there is no player option. It's actually very, very team friendly, and it's going to. I think it's going to help as far as contracts uh, and and building the team around Kawhi, Paul, and Harden moving forward, at least for the next few years. Yeah, honestly, my biggest fear was giving these guys like five year extensions and the max because they haven't de- shown that they deserve it with the amount of time they've spent on the floor. Um, they've shown it obviously when they're healthy that they're phenomenal players and they're max players, but at the same time, like uh, I'm not sure you deserve sixty plus million dollars a year for five years when you are barely when you're barely able to stay healthy for a full season. So I thought that the, for the Clippers, they did great in this deal. I mean, you, you pay a guy for three years. It gives you the window that you want to have with the, these three superstars and Harden, Kawhi, and PG and see what you can do. And the Clippers have great vibes going on this season, and that just extends with uh, re-signing Kawhi. I would assume PGs will probably happen in the next month or so, um, give or give or take. And then Harden's going to be after the uh, NBA Finals. And those three guys have shown that they can work together. Um, I mean, obviously, Harden has done well at previous spots. And then all of a sudden, the wheels have fallen off. Don't see that occurring in this situation just because of how good of a coach Ty Lue is and how well he has done incorporating everybody and gotten everybody to buy in. So with Kawhi taking the lesser amount, it was a big win, and it's a big win for Kawhi, too, because it gives him a chance to actually compete, which is what he wants to do. He wants to win a title, and if he takes that full max, it's much tougher to build a contender around him. So it benefits him in the fact that he can win, and frankly, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference whether he gets 5 or $10 less million than what he's making right now. $50 million is $50 million, plus any endorsements. So a big win for the Clippers and a big win for Kawhi as well. A huge one, and you, and and you talk about timing, and don't you think this would be the time that Kawhi could apply pressure? Look, I've played every back to back this season. I I'm putting up numbers like I was in Toronto. I I'm being universally praised as like a top five to seven guy in the league. I want the full max, yet he didn't. So I think that speaks volumes to just how committed and just what a great contract this is you're right for him and also also for the clips and for us as fans should we should we get to see uh Kawhi as we open the Intuit dome and forget about that we get to see him for the rest of the season knowing that he's a, you know there's no there's no shroud of 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 secrecy here we know that he's a clipper for the next uh several years we don't have to guess or worry or anything about that yeah and it's funny because you could look at the team and say well if you bring back Harden PG and Kawhi then you're probably going to build that. You're just bringing back this entire team and you're just going to try and keep doing the same thing over and over again. Like what happens if it doesn't work this year? And the funny thing about that is that a, that's possible, but B you look at where the Clippers were like a year and a half to two years ago. And you would have thought they really didn't have any room to maneuver, but they've made a huge trade getting rid of Marcus Morris and Robert Covington. And they got rid of Batum Reggie Jackson's no longer on the Clippers. John Wall is no longer on the Clippers. Like the Clippers have had a pretty big roster shuffle in the last year and a half to two years, you know? So sure, you could have those three superstars, but you never know. And I think you can always trim around the edges. And the Clippers still have that 2030 first round pick. And I would imagine that first round pick is going to be used at some point in the next year or so to bring a part to the Clippers. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, it could be a stretch four. 
that you, maybe you can play in a matchup like this against the Timberwolves when um, you know Tice and Plumlee aren't the guys that you think can be the answer, and you've shown that going small against a guy like Gobert works. Then maybe you do have a guy who can you can trade for that is a stretch big that can shoot the three and do it well. But those guys don't really grow on trees, so we'll see. But either way, I think that. Yes, you're committed to the three dudes, but at the same time, the, Lawrence Frank has shown that he can do a really good job when he needs to trim around the edges and when he ne- needs to make a big move. He certainly can, and we 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 should trust in this. Uh, and I hate to say process, but you know, I mean, they have cycled out so many, so many guys. Like you said, Marcus Morris Senior, Covington, Reggie. Uh, we 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 look back at everybody who's who's come through. But I think once you find the right mix and your right core, and they are they are happy together, um, so happy together. With now Westbrook, and I wonder what's going to happen with him. But Westbrook coming off the bench now and buying into his role. I mean, Ty Lue said, "Give me ten games." Maybe he meant, "Give me four, give me three seasons," because it 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 just it just take it keep tinkering, keep keep going, keep keep messing around with it and it seems like now he has and and not that he didn't before but we wondered if he had everybody's ear if if everybody was happy if everybody was together and there was even some sort of cohesion we've we've mentioned that before in, in in the previous season now it seems like like something's clicked and once that happens, you do lock it in, and that's why you give you you make sure you give Kawhi this contract. You make sure you get Paul George locked. And I know there's timing, and I know you can't you can't lock in Harden until after the Clippers win the finals. But when they do, mm-hmm. you do that, and then we move into the into a dome, and we have a a core here moving forward. All right, so let's look ahead at what the Clippers have. So we mentioned it several times that the game against OKC is going to be large. Um, honestly, I'm predicting a loss in that game. If Zoo doesn't play, I'd be surprised if the Clippers were able to beat SGA. That being said, as much as you look at OKC and you say, damn, this team is really no weakness, this starting lineup outside of Chet and SGA, I mean, Jalen Williams is really good. There's, n- I think the Clippers can beat them, and I just don't know how they're going to do it because the Thunder are a really good team, and the Clippers have already lost by 19 at OKC this year. They lost 134 to 115 in that game. Um, And in that game, though, there was no Kawhi. So I think Kawhi obviously will make a very big difference, having him in the lineup. Uh, PG shot decent in that game. Harden was pretty much pretty involved. He had 23-9-6 in that game, 7-18 of from the field. There's a roadmap to beat OKC. Chet Holmgren was 9-11 of in that game, So and that was with Zoo playing. SGA was 11 of 25, so if you can slow him down and have him shoot poorly, Jalen Williams was eight of was six of 11 in that game. Dort was eight of 12, and four of five for Giddy. Like all these guys played pretty well. Giddy got hurt in that game. Um, I think there's a roadmap to beat him. So while I don't think the Clippers will win, I think they can. Even without Zoo, I think the Clippers can win. And I think if PG has a really good shooting night, and you pair that with a good night from Kawhi. And then you have guys like Powell and Mann that do chip in. I think the Clippers can beat OKC. So that's what lies ahead. And then you have a little bit of a break, um, which will be nice to have, especially for a guy like Zoo. So after that game against the Thunder, where the Clippers play on Tuesday, 
they'll have four days off before they play Brooklyn at home. So they're going to be home for that stretch. From It's not like they play at OKC. They're at home against OKC, and then they're at home again on Sunday. So they'll be home for a while, be able to practice, and then they play the Lakers again. So they're home again for that one the following Tuesday. So a nice stretch here where the Clippers can get some rest. So while I don't think they will win against OKC, I think it's possible, Matt. I, I certainly think they, they can win against OKC, and I think they might because at home the Clippers will stick to to their game plan. They won't play into OKC's hand, right? They won't they won't play at their pace. They, they won't get rattled if if SGA and and Chet are running or blocking everything that they put up. I do think that they will be the Clippers, meaning will be more efficient. And of course this if Zoo doesn't play, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. But I have I have a feeling that the Clippers can exercise their will against against the Young Thunder. We know we know that the Clippers falter against young, athletic, quick teams like the Thunder are. But I think at home, Kawhi, PG, Harden, Russ, and even Norm. And and I'm 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 specifically looking at Kawhi, but I think they can ex- exercise their will, play at their pace, play the way they want to play, get to their spots, force Oklahoma City to be uncomfortable on defense, switch, 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 just get all over the place on the defensive end, make them un- uncomfortable, as uncomfortable as they can be. You know, Shea's going to get his, but I do think that Ty Lue will have them ready to enforce their will against the Thunder. I'm, pre- I'm predicting a victory, and I'm predicting a victory by double digits. I think 13 to 15 points. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. I think we're, I think we're really going to put our foot down. Yeah, and listen, at home is a big difference than playing at OKC, and having Kawhi is a big difference as well. Um, if they had Zoo, I think they'd win. Um, I just think not having Zoo against Chet Holmgren is not ideal considering how good Chet is and his ability to spread the floor as well. Um, so that may be a game the Clippers go smaller and they have somebody against Chet, but I don't know if that's going to work. We'll see. It, it really will be interesting. And then they play against Brooklyn. Um, we'll have a podcast for you, um, most likely, um, between that OKC game and that uh, Brooklyn game. Uh, possibly thinking about bringing on a special guest, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, it's a very small week for the Clippers. Uh, just two games. OKC on Tuesday and then Brooklyn on Sunday. And that will about wrap it up. Matt Mattawarren. You can follow him on X at Matt Mattawarren. You can follow me at BD Marcus. Of course, Ethos Clippers is there as well. And if you can rate and review the podcast, always do appreciate it. Any final last words, Matt? Just happy to be back on the pod. Happy to be with the Believe Network. Um, it's all so much fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening and keep rating and reviewing and just keep listening. Keep rooting for the clips between 13 and 15 against OKC. Book it. There you go. You had it. You heard it here from first from Matt Mattawar. The Clippers will win by double digits. So we'll watch that one closely. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Brandon. And go Clips. Go Clips.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.